Yeah, two scripture passages tonight. Psalm 37. We found it in your pew Bible on page 874. And Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 30. Pew Bible, page 1570. Beginning the reading with the Old Testament scripture passage, Psalm 37. <clears throat> Before we read, will you uh, pray with me that the Lord would bless us? Lord, Bless the reading and preaching of your word, accompany it by the Spirit, that it may do its work in us to reveal to us Jesus Christ, our Savior, to reveal in us Jesus Christ, our Savior, that we may be Jesus Christ, our Savior, um, to others. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Psalm 37, hear now the reading of God's holy, inspired, and infallible word of David. Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy. To slay those whose ways are upright, but their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The days of the blameless are known to the Lord, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster they will not wither, in days of famine they will enjoy plenty. But the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies will be like the beauty of the fields. They will vanish, vanish like smoke. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be cut off. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young, and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever, for the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever, but the offspring of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous man utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks what is just. The law of his God is in his heart, his feet do not slip. The wicked lie in wait for the righteous, seeking their very lives, but the Lord will not leave them in their power or let them be condemned when brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. 
I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in its native soil, but he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless, observe the upright. There is a future for the man of peace, but all sinners will be destroyed. The future of the wicked will be cut off. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Turning now to Mark chapter 10, beginning the reading in verse 17, going to verse 31. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. As far as the reading of God's holy word, may he bless it to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. We're also going to be looking at Lord's Day 49, in the back of your green Psalter hymnals on page 61. Page 61, green Psalter hymnal. Lord's Day 49 contains question and answer 124. Would you please read the answer together with me? What does the third request mean? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven means. Help us in all men to reject our own wills and to obey your will without any backtalk. Your will alone is good. Help everyone carry out the work he is called to as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. That's the teaching of the catechism. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, name the uh, sermon tonight, Heaven on Earth, because every time I think of that um, phrase in the Lord's Prayer, uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I think of Belinda Carlisle's song. I don't know if you know it. Heaven is a place on earth. 
Ooh, baby, do you know it's worth? Oh, heaven is a place on earth. That's about as close as you're ever going to get at me attempting anything. <laughs> I think it's an 80s song, maybe early 90s. The chorus goes like that. Oh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Oh, heaven is a place on earth. They say in heaven love comes first. We'll make heaven a place on earth. Oh, heaven is a place on earth. The song is written about finding heaven on earth in the form of true love, romantic expression. Although today's petition in the Lord's Prayer, uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, uh, ties together heaven and earth, our prayer is not to find that reality in romantic love, but rather in obedience to God. And what we find is obedience to God is the truest expression of love. If you remember what Christ said, if you love me, you'll just have wonderful butterflies in your stomach. You'll have all the feelings going on inside of you, tingling. No, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So tonight, we're going to talk about how it is that we Christians are called to pray about bringing heaven to earth. Our theme tonight, in Christ, because remember, all our prayers are given in Christ. In Christ, we ask God for the grace To do and accept his will for us. In Christ, we ask God for the grace to do and accept his will for us. We have three points tonight, and they might look familiar to you. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow me. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow me. One of those famous statements of Christ, a call to discipleship. And that's what we're talking about tonight. When we pray for God to give us the grace to do and accept his will for us in our lives, what we're praying for is that God would help us to be Christians, faithful Christians, um, who are soaked and steeped in God's word and who are desiring to live according to um, his plan for our lives, according to his commandments. So let's start with this first point, deny yourself. What does the third request mean? The third request in the Lord's Prayer, uh, 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first part of the answer is, help us reject our own wills. Help us reject our own wills. Help us reject our own wills. Of course, it says, help us and all men. I I think women are included in that too, just to be specific. Help us and all men to reject our own wills. The story about the rich young man who comes to Jesus is about... What, it, what happens when we seek to follow and be a follower of Jesus, but we're not, we're not ready to do this. Help us to reject our own wills. You see, this man came to Jesus, and he asked, how do I inherit eternal life? How do I inherit eternal life? The other way that we could pose that question is, um, how do I... Ensure that your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And the typical answer that you would think would be given was given by Jesus. You you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Don't give false testimony. Don't fraud. Don't uh, honor your father and your mother. It's almost as if this young man interrupts Jesus and says, teacher, 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 teacher. All those I have kept since I was a boy. Notice, of course, that... uh, the first table of the commandments were not mentioned in that. It's just all about what you are called to do for your neighbor that Jesus mentions. Don't give false testimony. Don't fraud. Honor your father and mother. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. And so what this uh, rich young ruler is doing is, is I, I've got this outward, I've got this outward sense of righteousness. You know, I haven't stolen anything. I haven't murdered anyone. I haven't, uh, uh, you know, lied in false testimony, uh, you know, in given false testimony in court or anything like that. Um, and so he says, I've kept this since I was a boy. Well, of course, that's even a lie, too, I'm sure, because I bet they have little convenience stores in Israel at that time in Jerusalem. And I'm sure this, this rich young ruler had gone into a convenience store in Jerusalem at some time and grabbed and nabbed the candy bar because... That's a pretty common experience. Every kid is tempted to, to take a candy bar home. Not speaking from a personal testimony or anything, just, uh, yeah. Um, the truth is, we, if we all took a moment, we would realize, no, we can't keep these, even these. But this rich young ruler, he says he has. And the interesting thing that I read in this story is that Jesus looked at him and loved him. Remember what I said about this morning. God is not simply making sure that we can't run away from him. He's making sure we can't run away from ourselves. This rich young ruler, if he wants to inherit eternal life, if he wants to understand what it means to be a follower of Christ, understand what it means to have righteousness, if he wants to understand what it means to pray that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not only about this outward sense of righteousness, 
this, uh, this sort of facade that we put outside of ourselves, it's actually rejecting our own wills. He said, one thing you lack, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. What this, what Jesus said to this rich young ruler is the rich young ruler version of deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And what Jesus was saying to the rich young ruler is one thing you lack. You place your own will over God's. One thing you lack, remember that first table of the commandments? One thing you lack, your money is your God. And God commands that you shall have no other gods before me. One thing you lack. You shall not make an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth below. But you have turned your wealth into an idol. One thing you lack. You have placed your will above God's. The man's face fell. He went away sad because because he had an idol. Because he had another God. Because he had great wealth. He was not ready to deny himself. He was not ready to reject his own will. And that's why Jesus looked around at his disciples and he says, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. I mean, that's a scary thing to hear in, in the United States of America, the wealthiest nation in the world, where even the poor people here have more than 80% of what the other uh, people in, the, in this world have, what we consider poor. Deny yourself. Help us and all people to reject our own wills. When we say, thy will be done, what we're saying is we are placing God's desire, God's command over our own. We are demoting our will. We are saying like John the Baptist says, he must increase, I must decrease. We are saying that we understand that our will is insufficient. Our will is depleted. Our will is lacking. The only good and perfect will is God's will. His will be done, not mine. We are saying like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, if this cup can pass from you, let it pass. But not my will be done, but yours. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. And follow him. Help us and all men to reject our own wills. Second point.
Pick up your cross. Help us and all men to reject our own wills and to obey your will. Because your will alone is good. When you hear the words, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him, what you need to remember is that when Jesus says this in his teaching ministry, his preaching ministry, he is not the kind of leader that asks his followers to do something he is not willing to do. When he says, deny yourself, what he's saying is, look at my example. You see how I was rich and I became poor for you. You see how I was always in the bosom of my father. And I came down from heaven and took on flesh to be amongst you. I am the prime example of denying yourself. And then he says, pick up your cross. Well, what is the cross to Jesus Christ? What is the cross to Jesus Christ except that he must do the will of his Father? Always before him, from the day he was born, the cross is his destination. He thinks of it often. He looks towards it. He looks forward to it. He knows that that's where he's heading because that is the will of his father. His eyes are focused upon it. He is dead set. He is going towards that destination and he is ready because he has denied himself. He has placed the will of his father above all else. His will alone is good. The cross is the will of the Father and the life of Jesus Christ, the Son. And so when Christ looks to us and he says, deny yourself and pick up your cross, what he's telling us to do is to pursue the will of the Father in our lives. And that we should not be surprised if that will includes the element of suffering. Because we've, we've come so far from wearing cross necklaces around our necks that are pretty and bejeweled and gold and so uh, romanticized that we forget that the cross is an instrument of death and Jesus is telling his disciples to pick it up and to carry it. He's saying, you have to die if you want to live. You have to die if you want to live. Jesus said how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God, all things are possible. And Peter, wanting to make himself look good, wanting to make sure that, that, that Jesus knew that Peter, he was, he was different than the rich young ruler. He wasn't like the rich young ruler, right? He said, 
But Lord, we've left everything to follow you. Are we included in that? Are we going to be a part of the kingdom of God? Make sure, are you sure? You're telling us we're, we're in the group, right? We're in the, we're the inner circle. Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. We, we picked up a cross. Jesus, we're, we're those who have picked up a cross. We're doing God's will for our lives. You see, in Christ, we ask God for the grace to do and accept his will for us. And, and so often, when we hear that term, um, doing the will of the Father, doing God's will, or God's will in our lives, we, we, we think too specifically. We think about career choices. We think about who it is that we should marry. We think about what restaurant it is that we should eat at this Saturday or, or, or those kinds of things that, that God doesn't have an answer for in his word. But if you want to know what God's will for is for you in your life, and what you do is you go to the scriptures. And you do what the psalmist said. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause, like the noonday sun. See, Psalm 37 is all about the life of a person who has denied themselves and picked up the cross. Psalm 37 is the ideal picture of what it would be like if all things were as they should be. Often, you know, you read the Proverbs and you read that the righteous, they will, they will triumph over the evil. And, and, and you think to yourself, yeah, but I see so many evil people getting away with all the things that they're doing. And Psalm 37 wants to keep you straight on that path, wants to keep you on the path of the cross. So it, it wants to remind you. That the ultimate destination of the wicked, of the evil, that is what you must keep your mind on, not what you see in the here and now. I love this, this, um, this statement that David makes in this psalm, psalm, 35, or psalm 37, verse 35. I've seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in its native soil. That's David's way of saying, God, why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? Why do I see this evil man, this wicked, ruthless man, flourishing like a green tree in its native soil? It's like he's getting all the blessings, and he doesn't deserve it. He deserves the curses. Verse 36, though. But he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. You see, picking up your cross, it's so contradictory to the ways of the world. That you would put an instrument of suffering upon your back in pursuit of the will of God in your life. That you would go through valleys. That you would be 
hurt and suffer, but not lose your hope, not lose faith. That you would experience hardship and difficulty and could dare to proclaim the truth that this is God's providence at work in your life. That it may not be the will that you chose, but it is God's will, and because it's God's will, you proclaim this is good. Even though everything about it According to the world, according to the eyes of mankind, according to the eyes of your peers and society would say, how can you call this good? Because I have denied myself, picked up my cross, I'm following him. And even though you can't see it right now, what you need to know is that I have an inheritance that is unimaginable. And it makes anything that you could pile up in this life that gets full of rust and moths look like nothing. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and finally, follow him. When we pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what we're praying for is that God, by his grace, would help us to get rid of our wills, to get ourselves out of the way, to deny our own wills, reject them, so that we can pursue God's will in our lives, that we would pick up our cross to obey your will without any backtalk, which I, I love the way that this translation of the catechism says, yeah, don't backtalk me. Don't backtalk me. Because God's will alone is good. And then finally it says, help everyone carry out the work he is called to as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. So, Follow him means to carry out the work. We've rejected our own wills. We picked up our cross. We're following him. We're carrying out the work he's called us to. And when we say on earth as it is in heaven, we're saying, we pray, Lord, that you give us the grace to do what it is that you've called us to do as willingly and as faithfully as the angels in heaven. And what does that mean? How, how willingly and faithfully do the angels in heaven do what God uh, asks them to do? Perfectly. It's a goal to attain, to strive for. It's one we're always going to fall short of in this life. Um, and that's what God's grace is for. When Peter wanted to make sure that Jesus knew he wasn't like the rich young ruler and him and his other disciples, Lord, we've given everything to follow you. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, and with them persecutions. 
and in the age to come, eternal life. See, this is uh, something that takes place in the other Gospels. What I like about Mark uh, chapter 10 is, is Jesus when he says, um, yeah, you'll get all these things in this life and also persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. Jesus is not declaring here a health and wealth gospel. He's not saying that if you deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him, that in this life you will gain all the wonderful things that you could possibly gain plus eternal life. He's saying that the wonder of the losses that you experience in this life because you have chosen to follow God and choose his will over the will of your own, your own will or over the will of those who you would want to impress or over the will of society or culture of the world is that they are so insignificant when compared to the gains. What do you mean I will receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields? Because Christians are united to Christ by the Holy Spirit and are all brothers and sisters. Mothers, children, fields. And in the age to come, eternal life, but sprinkled in the great joy of knowing that we have this new and wonderful family, sprinkled in with the great and wonderful joy of knowing that we are united to Christ and that nothing can separate us from his love is the way of the cross that we are called to follow. It's the persecutions that Jesus mentions almost in passing. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow him. We ask God for the grace to do and accept his will for us. We ask like the psalmist in Psalm 37 asks, Lord, help us to commit our way to you, trust in you, and you will work in us. We have this promise in Psalm 37 that, that at the end of days, the wicked will be no more, and it will be the righteous, the meek, who shall inherit the earth. And we may see others who are not denying themselves, who are not picking up the cross of Jesus Christ, as if they are gaining something more, as if they have something more to live for in this life. Like that man that David saw, a wicked and ruthless man who was like a green tree planted by the river. But one day, one day it'll be as Jesus proclaimed that those who have left homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children, and fields for him and the gospel will receive a hundred times as much in this present age and in the age to come, eternal life. See, it's no, uh, it's no wonder that 
when pop culture comes up with the concept of heaven being a, a place on earth, the closest thing that they could come to encapsulate that was romantic love, true love. Heaven is a place on earth when I've got bubbly feelings inside my heart. I want to stay up all night writing love letters, gushing. But when we pray in the third petition of the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're not asking for heaven on earth in the form of romantic love, romantic expression. We're praying to God, our Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the power and operation of the Holy Spirit, that he would call us to be obedient to him. To pursue a life of righteousness and holiness. That we would be willing to do his will. Here on earth, as his will is done in heaven. Willingly and faithfully. And the only way that we can continue to grow in that is as we continue to pray for it, we ask God for the grace to do and accept His will for our lives. So, my encouragement to you is pray. And when you pray, Lord, your will be done. Know that you are rejecting your own will. That you are asking that you would obey God's will without any back talk. And that you would ask that God would help you carry out the work he has called you to in this life. Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that we would begin with the person who looks back at us when we look in the mirror. Help us to reject our own wills, to obey your will, for your will alone is good. And help us all, Lord, as your people and as your church to carry out the work you have called us to. Uh, we know, Lord... That the life of the Christian, of the disciple, is, is one of denial of self. One of carrying a cross. And one of following after Jesus Christ. We see in the life of Christ, Lord our Savior, that he suffered much in his life here on earth. Um, that for three years he preached but was criticized. His life was sought. He was whipped, beaten, crucified. But Lord, we also know the result. The result of his desire to follow your will and his accomplishment of doing so perfectly. He was humbled, Lord, yes, but you exalted him. And Lord, whatever it is that you've called us to do in this life, whatever path you've brought us to, we know that may include suffering, hardship. But we also know that the end result that we are looking for is not one that is contained within this age, but the age to come. 
an eternal life. Help us to place our treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Help us to continue to ask you, God, for the grace to do and accept your will in our lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen.